Hello and welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring one very happy Ramon Foster. He's tidying himself up <laughs> for this program. He's trying. He's trying to get all pretty and everything for this show. Only the best for DK. Hey, <laughs> the way you're growing these days, the Twitter beefs that you've picked up. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> He's never afraid to start trouble, people. I'll tell you that. You know what? That's the beauty. That's the beauty behind it. The Ramon Foster program is always brought to you by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're serving fresh, hot food around the clock. Do not think of it as a gas station. Do not think of it as a convenience store. Think of it as Get-Go Cafe and Market, because that's Mm. what it is. It's just open all the time. Moan, let's talk about... Uh, since we're this close to training camp, about Ben Roethlisberger, who's always topic A always. when you get close to camp, and about being in shape. Did you see the, the Ryan Burr report? I saw a little bit of it, man. kind of just glazed over like, oh, we're doing this again. But, yeah, I, I, well, I, I peeped into it. For anybody who didn't, it, it's uh, Ryan Burr, who used to – work here in, in Pittsburgh at WTE and, and knows people in Ben's camp, knows Ben, actually knew Ben before he was drafted, uh, put out a, a series of tweets about Ben's conditioning level this summer. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you that my own eyes in, in watching him at OTAs and minicamp support this, uh, but Ben looks like he's in spectacular shape and i know there are fans who roll their eyes at that oh best shape of his life yeah i heard that before and whatever else here that his nutrition plan is like the tom brady plan or whatever what's been your experience with ben and and conditioning because he's never been known as like a freak in this regard i know his condition has always been a one to me man i'll say this looks sometimes are what they are but as far as what his body types has been has looked like over the past He's been in shape for whatever that is. The thing is we got to start looking at is people always put these labels or uh, stereotypes or comparisons to what people should be looking like or how they should be as a pro. And I think that's kind of unfair because you never know what an offseason entailed. It could have had a surgery. It could have had family issues. It could have just been a bad offseason. And still, by saying a bad offseason – it still was a good productive for him, uh, productive one for Ben. Um, I think he still performed well. I don't know if, you know, one thing they always look at Ben as, and I think it's kind of a, um, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword when you mention Ben in this, this fashion, Big Ben. They look at Big Ben. I think a lot of people say Big Ben and they look at it as, a, oh, he's a big guy. Like, Ben is teetered around at times maybe 225 to 245-ish maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he said he's gotten any higher, but I don't think it's been much higher than that in the sense of just saying he's out of shape. He's not Jamarcus Russell, tell you that much. And we're talking <laughs> about somebody being in shape, and there's no disrespect to that guy. He's the number one overall pick and whatnot. But being in playing shape is totally different than your physique sometimes too. No matter how many hills Ben is going to run, all the nutrition in the world, the biggest thing that's going to come from his body type or what he's looking like, what shape he's in, is how he performs on the field. It's been times I've known guys that come to camp to get in shape, DK. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And those guys played well, had Pro Bowl years, all pro years by doing that type of stuff. Some people are just naturally gifted where they can take all the offseason off 
and just do a month before camp and be fine, DK. I was a guy had to bust my butt the entire year just or just be on the clock when it comes to getting ready for the camp. So this conversation about being been being in shape is all irrelevant. Honestly, I, if, if he's taking it upon himself to, you know, change a whole lot of stuff by his nutritionist and his meal mm-hmm. prep and how he does stuff, that's fine and dandy. But you're not going to be saying if Ben throws an incompletion, man, if he just ran two more laps in the offseason, he'd be Oh, fine. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I – <laughs> I'm not the, dismissing it. Right. Now, I, yeah. I think that what ends up happening here, and, and I, I know you can you can speak to this firsthand, but particularly with with n- not so much athletes when they feel like, you know, man, I'm, pa- I'm, I'm heading into the twilight of my career. Right. But specifically, Ramon, when you get into the late 30s, and I've heard this a lot from people who are uh, strength and conditioning coaches for all three Pittsburgh teams, that when you get into your late 30s, there are different things that you need to do. Yes, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a different regimen. It's a different nutritional balance that's required. Now, I'm not suggesting that Ben has to become a brontosaurus and eat leaves <laughs> for all eternity. Okay, mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be Brady uh, in that sense. However... Moan, when the season was done, and here again at minicamp, when Ben spoke with us, Ben acknowledged wearing down okay. as the 2020 season went on. He didn't get specific, but then he doesn't have to. It's not like he wore down mentally, right? I'll, that That's a lot, though, to say worn down. The season but he, is... But he, but he said it. He, he acknowledged yeah. it as far. And, and yeah, 2020 was different. Yes, rough. I heard guys, and and of course, you were in the stadium, right? Here Mm -hmm. and there when they finally decided to open up. If I had to go perform in front of nobody or 3,500 people, DK, and I got to get myself up to go, like that whole cliche that guy said, put the ball anywhere, I'll play anywhere. Stop that. That's dumb. No, 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 no. That's dead. That was proven. That was proven dead by the pandemic. All you had to do was look at the difference in, uh, home record wins and losses Mm -hmm. across all sports and they became nullified yeah there was a comfort level you you run out in the heinz field and you see all that yellow you know where you are and it's our turf and it's our house but it's not the same thing david DeCastro, i thought more than anybody spoke very powerfully to this he said it's not the same you're out there you're going like what are we doing this for and ben did too moan Ben yeah. was the most vocal and most emotional when fans were allowed back into yes, Heinz sir. Field. And I don't think that's an accident. So to that point about him wearing down, I think it could be probably a little bit more of that than it is his body. Now, I know he's got to treat his body a whole lot different. Like you said, he's in a position where he's a standing standing statue if he gets hit. I don't care if he's on a move or not. The guy that's probably chasing him down is probably faster. So he's going to yes. hit him with a whole lot more impact. So it's, it's, to me, it's not necessarily, you know, looking at what he said. I think it may have been a little bit of body. It may have been a little bit of the season. It may have been a little bit of the absence of just the normality of what the season, the normalcy of what the NFL season was. That was a first for everybody, for the fans, yeah, for us reporting on it. Um, but I think, you know, like you said, talking to the strength coaches of all three teams, I think that does go a little bit different. You got to make adjustments in your life, just period, when it comes down to your – your nutrition, your overall health. One thing I've been trying to stay focused on is sleep. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that goes a very long way as far as quality of life. And I'm sure Ben has adjusted that. Um, and as hard as football is, as hard as any pro sport is, as hard as DK works, okay, sleep has got to be <laughs> one of the biggest things. And I know you travel a lot, so you got to take care of yourself too. So it's just amplified more when you're given a platform. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to express this final thought on on this subject, and that is that there is no way, there's no way that Ben Roethlisberger has made it through this offseason without reading, hearing the doubts. Uh, the He's the fourth best quarterback in the AFC North. Uh, this, the, 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 the garbage last week from Mike Tannenbaum about how he's going to be best midway. And you tell you tell everyone, Ramon, stuff that you've shared with me about how Ben responds to things. Okay, like that. let me make sure my room is clean before I turn this computer. The best Ben <laughs> you're gonna get. Okay. You put him in a corner. Oh, a corner. Nice. You you talk about him. You tell him why he can't. That's the guy that you want. You and, and then you gotta think too, this is his farewell. In a sense, unless he decides to go play somewhere else, he's going to be out to prove that I got y'all on my last hurrah. Whether he gets them 2-0, and each one of them, whether he goes 6-0 in the North, he's going to be able to say, well, you can beat me flawlessly. The best being you're going to get is the one that's in the corner. Think about the last run we had when he had the suspension. I hate to bring that up, but we yeah. went on a run. Oh, yeah. DK? When we when when the, 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 the bumblebees were starting to come together. Yep. Like, and Ben was ousted a little bit. Not ousted, but left out as far as, like, who's the important guys on his team. 500-yard games. 500 <laughs> yards of passing. Yep. So, I'm not saying he's going to be Superman in every game, but as far as Mike Tannenbaum coming out saying he's going to be benched. <laughs> and I, I I think Tannenbaum's the Jets. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's the so, guy you want talking trash. Who huh? who do we knock out of the AFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl? Um, It was the Jets. Thank you. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> when we come back, why would anyone ever doubt Vince Williams? Yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and we're going to switch to the subject kind of uh, with another player who – really shouldn't be doubted and who's probably having to respond in his own way to doubts, not so much externally, but internally, because Moan, you're a money guy here. Vinny was supposed to make, Vince Williams was supposed to make $4 million mm -hmm. in 2021. The yeah. Steelers told him they weren't willing to pay that, their cap issues and whatever else here. He leaves for a little bit through free agency, doesn't really, yeah. you know, nothing really happens there. And he comes back for one million, one fourth of his pay. You know Vince Williams. I, I I know Vince. I feel like as well as anybody on the roster. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't even begin to picture what kind of hell he's going to raise, <laughs> beginning on day one of training camp. Okay. Not in a I, nasty I, way. Not in a no, uh, making uh, way. I, I can just, just in a football it. way. I can break it down from a player's perspective uh, real quick if I can just take you through the, the lineage of Vince, Vince William real quick. So when he came in, what was Vinny? A fifth or sixth round draft Six, pick? as he'll tell Six. everybody. Six. 
Did Vinny get a natty national championship too? Well, they won big. They won big at at, uh, at, at Florida at, State. At Florida State. Yep. Um, you gotta also look at this too. Vince always had everybody in his camp or either around him always talking about his young brother too. And I think mm-hmm. Vince won't probably ever admit it, but he's always kind of just like, I know Vince viewed his younger brother Carlos, who was with us for a little bit, as yes, a superior he athlete. Mm-hmm. He was just good at everything, and Vince always had to be a guy that always had to work hard. He had to go harder than everybody to prove himself, one, for himself, because athletic, he's probably a lot like me. You got to work to get what you want out of it, and certain people are built for that. They're mentally built for that stuff. Like, man, I got to I gotta grind. That's what I told myself every single day that I was in NFL. Probably like, oh, you got to go because you're not afforded to just be able to wake up and run a 4-3-40, you know what I'm saying? Or be able to just mm-hmm. toss up 600 pounds like it's nothing. Like I've seen offensive linemen, other guys do that type of stuff with more talent, worse work ethic though, okay? Vince is a guy that's realized, look, my talent is what it is, and I'm okay with that. My thing is I'm going to maximize it either mentally or physically or outworking you, period, okay? So or Vince com- outsmarting. Don't, don't ever leave that out with Vince. No, no, too, absolutely yeah. <laughs> not. So when Vinny came to – Pittsburgh, man, he was in a situation, six-round draft pick, played a whole lot of Florida State. Really good player there. And I'll never forget, man, Vince was just on a tear. Like, in practice, you had to respect him because, in a sense, like, he was a draft pick and you knew he played a whole lot of ball. But he was just very, like, junkyard dogish about a whole lot of stuff. Just every scout period, he's going to go hard. Hey, Mom, strap it up. Like, let's go. The headache is on the other side, and the headache is Vince Williams. That's because he was out to prove something, and that's how he approached the game. He was always just – you know him to be a very vocal guy. He would just get loud and let you know, I'm here and I ain't going nowhere. And, and he knew he if he said that type of stuff, he had to back it up. And I think he liked that added pressure to that underdog mentality. Again, so I'll never forget, we were in practice one time. I think this may have been the early – this may have been – um, the early part of the season, first quarter of the season, everybody's still feeling pretty fresh. Then he wasn't starting at the time, so he was on scout team, mm-hmm. just running rampant over there, okay? And they're running the plays, and mind you this, on the scout cards, Coach JD at the time would just hold up the card. It, it's got 11 spots in there. You do this, you do this. So they don't have to think. They just got to go on the play. Yeah. They don't have to think at all. Vinny was a guy that took, all right, well, I can play mindless football, I'm going to play mindless football. If I got a blitz in the A-gap because Moan is pulling in the A-gap, Moan going to get this, okay? Vinny was all about Moan is going to get the hammer or Dave was pulling, Dave is going to get the hammer. It didn't matter. Vinny was playing mindless football because that's how he's wired to get himself going. I'll never forget, we met in the hole one day, and I was like, not today, Vinny. (laughs) (laughs) I know what's on the other side of this. I think I know what's on the other side of this. I see you tipping. Not today, Vince Williams, okay? I pull around, and lo and behold, there's Vince Williams, underdog mentality, ready to bite somebody's head off, and I hit him, and he hit me, and he caught a nosebleed that day. And from that day on, that day on, Vinny was like, all right, Mom, we're good. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all right. We're good now, right? I was, I, But that's just his mentality is he's going to go to prove himself. So fast forward a little bit, Vince is now playing on special teams and starting. He's always the guy that's going to be the first one down the hill, his first one down the field even as a starter. And he's going to knock your head off because, again, 
He psychs himself up enough to know that he got to prove himself why he belongs. Fine. He does. He's getting on. He's doing his stuff. So let's say Vinny gets into his contract. He finally gets paid. That's when you see Vinny kind of, all right, I'm putting it in cruise control a little bit, let it ride out because he knows how to be a pro. He knows how to be a savvy player. Mm -hmm. But at this point, when you become a starter, you got to learn how to manage yourself, too. I, I feel like this comes to a good pivot to explain some stuff, too. So when I say he goes in overdrive, it doesn't mean he took his foot off the gas. Like, he's still going 85 miles per hour on cruise control, but he know he can sit back and just let the car do his thing. I'll, I'll never forget we had a guy come in, um, a defensive lineman. And you remember it was a big ordeal in practice that day where he was just going just all out, just oh, trying yeah, to yeah, start yeah, fights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is his name? The D lineman. His family has oh, a lineage in this uh, league. He, uh, oh, big dude in the middle. I, I, yeah, I, I, we'll I, get his name. And <laughs> you guys jumped all over him. Uh, yeah, we jumped all over him because it was late in the season. He was trying to over like prove yeah. something and be like, well, and I think the fans got mad. It was like he should be going hard at you guys. I'm like, no. Nah. When you become no, no, a no, starter no, no, in this no. league, you got to learn to pace yourself to get to Sundays. That's the thing about it. You really got to pace yourself to get to Sundays where it actually matters and where you got to perform. And that's where Vinny had gotten as a player, too. It's like, man, I got to pull back. So he'd work on his skill, and he'd be a whole lot better at it. And I think Vinny saw the other side of the game in which I didn't see. And that's, all right, you're not where you were as far as a player. And I think when the business side of this thing hit Vinny as far as um, him getting cut or being asked to take a pay decrease, I know for one, he hadn't been super vocal on social media. And He's that's been the part. Really quiet. He's been real dry. Okay. <laughs> he said something here or that, but he's been real dry. And all I can think is Vinny's going back to year one, two, and three. Yep. Where it's that's all work. Right. And that's where I'm seeing, in addition to the fact that Vince Williams is still a very good football player, I don't mean to, I yeah. don't want to focus too much on no. intangibles. And that's, that's almost disrespectful in a way. Uh, because this is an inside linebacker who ranks among the very best at his position, not just in a 3-4, mm -hmm. but at any, yeah. at any defense, at getting to the quarterback, at getting sacks. Yeah. He's been doing that for a long time now, mm -hmm. too. Uh, he's also decent, not spectacular, yes. in pass coverage, and he's a very good run stopper. Uh, not that this team needs a ton of that because of the, of the D line that's in place. Yeah. But it sure doesn't hurt, and it frees up Devin Bush. My question to you, Moan, mm -hmm. is you've also seen – actually, you saw the highlight of Robert Spillane's career in Nashville yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with that stop on, on Derrick Henry. Yes. Uh, the goal line that turned him into something of a legend inside the locker room. But can – I'm not asking you to pick a favorite here or even to make a prediction, but can Vince Williams unseat Spillane – and be that starting inside linebacker next to Bush. Me knowing Vinny, yes. Yeah. And there's no disrespect to Spillane. Um, I think that play he made bought Spillane a whole lot of time, but you know it how this sure league did. go. <laughs> you're going to have to show me again, and you're going to have to show me that you can do that intangible thing as you, meant, what you, you mentioned with Vinny when it comes down to can he get to the quarterback the same way that, that Vinny can? That's a, a a special talent. If not, Devin's going to be doing it. Vince is a more savvy guy that's able to get the job done. Yeah. We look at him person to person, then that's exactly what it is in a sense. Like, I, 
ain't gonna say he can't do it, but I trust Vince more to be able to do it. The thing is this though, Vinny had a higher cap than Spillane. Spillane's easy to keep because that's the business side of it. I can keep the cheaper guy. Vinny, mm-hmm. go do your thing, man. I'm sorry it didn't work out right now. If nothing's there, you always got a home here. Well, cool. Vinny didn't find any place to go. Maybe he did, but it wasn't what he wanted. So what do you do in that case? Vinny, man, you can come on back for a million. That's business. That's the game. That's the part we do not like to talk about when it comes down to the team we either love or the league that we love. Vinny was allowed to go find something better, and whether he chose it or not, he's back in Pittsburgh. All I have to say to that, and after this we have to take a break, is at the NFL pre-NFL draft press conference that Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert held with us at Heinz Field. It was the first in-person press conference, so you mm-hmm. could read faces and stuff and expressions. <laughs> Mike Tomlin unsolicited brought up the return of Vince Williams. Like he, It hadn't really come up. And Tomlin's entire statement on it was, Vince Williams is a Pittsburgh Steeler. And he didn't elaborate because he was in a room full of people that didn't need to hear what that meant in the contract sense and the fact that he's back, that he probably, and I'm guessing at this, and I can't wait for a chance to actually talk to Vinny. I'm guessing that all that happened there was Vinny just said, look, I could take 1.5 or 2 from this team and that team and go have a final year or two in some other place, or I can just come here for one mm-hmm. and stay right here. That's the answers are right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. I'm still trying to think of this, this player we had. God, oh, I know family. you are too. Really tall dude. Yeah. And he was God. really and he got a family a of, of, of football players too. Yeah. Dog. Golly. Um not well, we'll take a break and we'll take yeah. a break and see what we can come up with. When we come back, it's a slice of life with Ramon. Welcome back. We have the name. Go ahead, Moan. Clifton Gathers. Clifton, Clifton Gathers. Now yes. there's a name. <laughs> that that it like it rings bells and everything, but at the same uh-huh. time it's like it's really, really random yeah. and uh he was the troublemaker uh he came in i guess trying to do his job but he came in at the wrong time of the year where as we said uh earlier like as a as a true pro you got to know how to manage uh getting to game day later in the season especially with football well clifton, um, clifton gathers ended up having some uh, other problems after yeah. his career end hence the mugshot you're seeing over there to our to our side <laughs> Uh, fleeing police and so forth somewhere in, in South yeah. Carolina or whatever. But anyway, to an infinitely more pleasant subject, your son has erupted onto the scene. Oh. We're talking about RJ here and his growth spurt. What are we talking about here? What has happened to this young man? Okay, Last so- time I saw him, Moan, he was up to your knee. Was, I know, man. It's... um. In this last, well, in this first six months, I honestly think he's grown another maybe like inch and a half, two inches. Um, because we, I think we, we, um, we measured his height on his brother's birthday in May. And we had him at like 6'1 at 12 years old, mind you, too. 
six one, maybe in a quarter or right mm-hmm. at six one. Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. That's real good. And one thing I hate doing with my kids, I ain't gonna say I hate doing, but I don't want to do and focus on is like measuring this or if yeah. you know, he's pitching, trying to get numbers and times, but because you know how numbers are with, with kids or comparisons and stuff. So I try not to do that. I'm like, look, you're going to be big. His the pediatrician. Anytime I go to the doc, I always ask my wife, what is, have we ever gotten a guesstimate on how tall they're going to be? It's like, all doc says is they're going to be big. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> we know that. They I give from- you like percentiles and so forth. They never want to get super specific, but yeah. they also can just, this doesn't have to be a medical slash scientific process. They can just look at, look at the old man and mm-hmm. say, oh, wait, you were <laughs> a, yeah. a decade long NFL card. Okay, yeah. well, I'm guessing your son's going to be pretty big. What else you got? He, and the thing with him, he's more slender, so he's looked totally long, too. So what's what's funny about it, I posted a picture on my uh, – and I might post it on my um, on my IG as a, as, a, as, a, uh, as a post, but I posted it as a uh, as an IG snapshot or whatever. And Keisha was talking – my wife Keisha was talking about his, you know, his wingspan. His arms are almost as long as mine. I'm like – yeah, whatever. You know how dads get. Whatever. I'm still big dad. That's how I'm looking at it. So we are in the middle of the Hard Rock Hotel in San Diego, St. Diego, okay? And he put his arms out. I put my arms out, and instantly I'm like, oh, my God. this uh, He's really that close. So he put his arms out, and the picture's still up on my uh, Twitter, by the way, too. And I'm like, maybe this far? Longer oh, as far as his arm reaches. And this is back to back, shoulder to shoulder. And not only that, I'm looking at it, I'm like, this little joker may have grown some more. Uh, and I don't want to measure him again because I'm like, I want to get stages. Like his birthday's in September and he'll be 13. And um, I want to measure him then just to see where he's at. But I think he honestly might be six, two and a half at this point. Mind you, I always try to correlate it to myself in the eighth grade. I remember being six, three. So yeah. he's already he's about to go into the seventh grade and he's already a friggin' inch and a half taller than what I was at that time. And he's progressing a whole lot faster than what I am. He's six. I think he's got to be six, two at this point, wearing a size 13 shoe. And it's gotten to the point where he's asked to wear a pair of my shoes, DK. Uh Oh, I know. <laughs> I I have seen the boats that Ramon called <laughs> but it's funny though because uh, we're going through the airport and sometimes you go through the airport coming back somewhere if you got a family they'll allow you to just walk through yeah, the yeah. Uh, metal detector mm-hmm. and I'm walking through and the uh, security guy was like um, how, how old is he because you know under 12 12 and yeah. under you have to take off your shoes I'm like he, he's 12 stop lying like, <laughs> You're lying like, to no. TSA. <laughs> he's, he's 12. Like, he was like, all right. I'm like, all right, come on, RJ, let's go. And uh, it was wild, though. You speak about him, but my youngest, Miles, though, and he's just as tall, but Miles is right? tight. RJ got friends that Miles is taller than, and Miles is only nine. Wow. So I'm like, they're just going to be big, and everybody sees RJ, RJ and Miles both, and they're gushing. And I'm like, yo, just be cool. We're going to work hard. We're going to keep our head down, and don't focus on that outside noise because if y'all don't do nothing with this height, if sports is your thing, which I'll say this, I enjoy it, but I care nothing about. If they go and do more education, I'm okay with that. Okay but if we're going to do that. this sports thing, 
then hey, don't listen to the outsiders because yeah. there's nothing going to get you there other than work. Well, let me ask you because I, you're the kind of person that that I can ask like a, a serious question like this too. But when you're when you're growing up, and I'm not talking about about, about your boys, I'm talking about you when you were younger. Yeah. When you're growing up and you're big, everyone yeah. sees that as an asset as you get older. But are there things that you know you kind of had to deal with too? Like you know, hey, you know, yeah. I, I it was. I never forget going to kindergarten for the first time. Uh-huh. In kindergarten, I was taller than everybody. Of I'm course, sure. there was nobody close to my height. Even the kid that, like, I didn't go to pre-K or preschool. I went straight to kindergarten, so nobody had seen me at all. You so just I showed to, up. I just showed up, and in, in Covington Elementary School is where in Tennessee is where I went to school at. And um, I'll never forget being the tall guy going to uh, lunch, and it was some fifth graders at the time, and just in a sense, it was like. Uh, they hadn't seen nobody that big. And I'll say this too. Back then, failing a grade was an embarrassment. Now people hold their kids back. So when they saw me in the line with the little pipsqueaks, okay, and here I am towering over everybody, same height as the teacher's like, dang, how many times did you fail? You know what I'm saying? So it (laughs) (laughs) it was the look, I don't know if you call that bully or just stuff, but you know, like, Failing the grade in like the early nineties was an embarrassment. Oh, it was man. the worst. Yeah, it was the worst. Like you yeah. failed up. So that was one of the things. How many times did you fail, man? Look how big this kid is, and it wasn't a perk or anything. It was almost like, who are you, and why are you this big? So yeah. it, I, I don't think my kids deal with anything like that. Like I, I think now sports are so front street and just prevalent and, and so important to everybody. When they see height, they're attract like the eye and about it more than they yeah, did back then you know that makes sense yeah there's more of a there's more of an instant respect thing like you can be this or you can be that yeah, yeah and that what's funny with, with almost no with rj he's always friends with the shortest kid <laughs> always <That's funny. laughs> and i was the same way all the way through school too as me and this guy named tom fitch he's short as ever and we were always right next right next to each other miles on the other hand He's got a big, big friend, okay? Uh, <laughs> like him and his little buddy oh, man. crew, man. They're like the same height. And I ain't going to lie to you. I'm that parent, though. I see him, and I'm like, okay, if we're going to do sports. And most of their friends do, and they do too. I'm like, if I'm projecting stuff. If y'all can just stay together and work hard, this school that we go to can be very, very dominant if they do the right things. You see, know how everything goes. I'm just picturing, see, if I'm Tom Fisher in your school, I'm walking <laughs> around. I've got Moan next to me, and I'm walking around like Vince McMahon coming out onto the stage, you know? <laughs> so, it's, it's um, man, DK, we've had everything. I ain't going to say everything, but, like, we get approached about coming to tryouts or the coaches at the public school that we go to are like, Y'all not planning to go to the private school down the street, are you? And then you'll have somebody at the private school because Miles ended up going to a camp to at, at one of the private schools uh, during the summer. And it was like, you, you planning on coming to us, right? So we have a, a, a lot of that stuff. And me as a dad, man, you know how I am as a person for the most part. I try to stay even kill. And the yeah. one thing, I, hey, don't listen to it. We're going to stay cool. If they present you with a situation that's better than where you are, then we'll go there. But there's no need to. I mean, it's you don't have to get engaged in the lobbying. Certainly yeah. not a child. Certainly yeah, not a child. But it, it happens often. DK. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, uh, but I, I he's uh, my oldest is is right there with me, man. He probably will be taller. And I, I keep my youngest is is 
dying to be the big kid too. I'm like, you're probably going to be the tallest out of all of us, but he's the shortest in the family right now, so he can't see it. Mm. Moan, I could do this with you. Why does it have to end, DK? (laughs) Why does it have to end? But it does, and we'll have another Ramon Foster show next week. We're going to be looking hard at the beginning uh, of... Oh, we got camp! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a week of camp. (laughs) We'll be getting into that and all kinds of other good stuff. Thanks, Ramon. See you next week. Thank you, DK.